you need to to be part of the system to change the system um, and that you can't just sit outside of the system and criticize the system but actually uh, make an active contribution towards the system The University of the Free State presents a series of conversations with outstanding alumni from this great institution. Voices from the Free State. My name is Friki Menkis. I'm the head of global HR for Greenpeace International. I'm currently based in um, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. I am a small town um, boy that grew up in the um, middle of the country, so in the Free State province. Grew up in a small town called Udendalsrist, which is part of the gold fields of the Free State, and grew up with um, two siblings, two elder sisters, um, with an age gap of between five and eight years. Um, and I was raised in Udendalsrist um, as part of a small town community. Um, my dad was one of eight children and my grandfather and three of his sons relocated to Widendalsris um, when the time came. So I also grew up with lots of cousins, which was really nice. Um, spent primary school at exactly the same school, Brandwach Volkschool in Widendalsris. Um and then went to the neighboring high school, literally divided by a fence. So you could walk across from the primary school at the end of, which was then standard five, and then graduate to, to high school and start standard six at Vessel Maria High School. Um, and spent my whole high school career at the same high school. Um, and there I had the opportunity to be educated by a bunch of great teachers um, with uh, Mr. Oosthuizen, who was the principal at that stage. And I was one of a few um, high school kids that took music um, as a um, subject, an official subject at, at the last three years where you have choices of, of subjects. And... Um, from primary school, when I was taught by uh, Mrs. Schreiling, then advanced to high school, had a brilliant teacher in Mrs. Nell, and finally completed my um, music career at, at high school with Mrs. Fenter. So I graduated matric with uh, music as one of my six subjects. So I always 
wondered um, whether I should study music. Um, but as a, um, a guy from a small town school, um, it wasn't, it was probably not to be expected. So I decided to choose a different um, course of study when I went to the university. I think when you grew up in a small town like Widendosaurus, um, everybody is part of the same community, which was really great on the one hand, not so great on the other hand, because of course everybody knows everybody. Um, so I think that really um, instilled in me a sense of, of community um, and that uh, whatever you do, um, it's because of, of people around you. So um, there's the saying that it says it takes a village to raise a child. Um, and that was truly the case in, 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 in my case. I remember when I went to pre-primary school, um, I went with my mom to her work and my aunt actually picked us up um, all the cousins that were going to pre-primary school and she drove us to kindergarten or pre-primary school. So the fact that you would go to school and, and you would have instant friends because you grew up with cousins, I think was a real privilege. So that was quite nice. Um, in primary school, um, I was lucky enough and fortunate again to be um, elected head boy at primary school. So that was quite nice. And for, for, for a boy that played the piano, um, did a little bit of athletics, played rugby here and there, that was, that was, that was quite nice to, to, to be recognized by your peers uh, for your leadership ability regardless of the fact that you might not look like um, the, the, the average um, school kid. And then again, at high school, fairly similar. Um, I, was, I was always the culture vulture that sang in the choir, that played the piano. Um, but regardless of that, was also um, elected to, to be a prefect at, at high school level. Um, so although I suppose reflecting back, there might have been some bullying that might have happened at some stage. Um, I think I was lucky that I escaped most of that. So I think when I had to decide on, on the course to study, the degree course, um, I always thought that I wanted to become a teacher. Um, but I also realized that teachers at that stage were not the, the most well-paid um, professionals in the world. Um, so therefore, um, I decided to do a BCom degree, so commerce, um, and uh, finally chose economics, business economics, and industrial psychology as the three um, major subjects. Um, also, completed accounting, um, which to my parents' delight was a complete nightmare. Um, I did not excel in accounting, but um, it was one of those um, requirements for the degree course, so I had to suffer through it. Um, but luckily, I had some really great lecturers at university to help me through that, particularly a guy called Professor Bose, uh, who I vividly <laughs> remember 
um, and particularly the last day when he handed out my results and I, I, I passed accounting and, and would now um, earn my degree. But never thought that with that degree that I would end up in, in HR. Um, I've always been fascinated by people, human beings, their behavior. And I think that's why I chose the industrial psychology and did also first year of psychology studies. Um, um, and, and that was fascinating. Um, but also in economics, particularly development economics um, and labor economics, I, I thought really triggered my insight into um, human behavior. I was lucky enough to, to stay on campus and um, became a resident of Huis Christian de Wet or um, House de Wet, um, which was really nice um, and a really great community of guys. Um, I had the pleasure of, of, of studying with, with guys that have a clear vision for the world that they want to live in um, and could think outside of the box, thinking of guys like Jaku Loopsho, who was the prime um, at the time, um, Renier van Aswegen, Gregory Crichton, Bobby Crater, all these guys that particularly supported me in becoming the person and the man that I am today. Um, again, being the culture vulture, um, wasn't afraid to participate in choir, uh, the serenade groups, um, and became the House Committee member for culture and, and public relations. And that was really an awesome time to, to spend time on the, on the House Committee for the residents. Um, so again, although I probably didn't fit the typical stereotype of, of, a, of a resident of, of that uh, residence at that stage, um, I, I was always given the opportunity to excel um, and to, to, to um, do what I, what I enjoyed and what I believed in. Um, similarly, um, within the faculty that I studied in, um, I became the chairperson of the Vereniging voor Bestuurswetenschappen. So that would be the Association for Management Sciences. Um, and again, that was just so great to have a leader such in um, Professor Tini Kraus um, that gave us as students the freedom to, to volunteer and become part of an association that also could do great work in the community, the greater community of, of Bloemfontein, where we went into the community and taught kids um, mathematics, for instance, or had a study tour to Johannesburg and, and took um, kids from disadvantaged communities with us um, to explore the big city, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, um, the Reserve Bank, and, and, and so on and so on. So that was, you know, the freedom to experiment um, with with different viewpoints and to really um, think about who you want to be as a 
as an adult, as in a human being, and how you can then give back and contribute to society when the time comes. It's quite funny that um, I met my wife um, during the last year of university life, and um, and whenever I wanted to introduce her to my friends, she would say, "Oh no, but I I know Bobby or I know Thomas," and I would say, "No, they they my friends." So um, it was great that that. Both of us, um, Rihanna and I, knew the same people, so there was an instant connection there as well. And these guys became lifelong friends. And, um, of course, when you are sitting in different parts of the world, it's, it's, it's more difficult to remain and keep in touch. But luckily, with um, technological advancements, Facebook, social media, you're able to do so. Um, so I regularly check in with um, people like Rainier and Greg who are um, in the US at the moment. Bobby is still in South Africa. Um, Chris Liebenberg, who studied theology, we called him Pose, like in the Pope, um, is now in New Zealand, but he officiated our, our wedding in 1997. So really strong bonds, um, particularly with the guys that shared um, haste of it with me. I think when you study a, a course like, um, you know, a BCom degree, um, classes are fairly large and there are limited opportunities to interact with your lecturers and get to know them better. Um, but apart from Professor Krauss, um, of course, Professor Frederick Fury, who became uh, vice vice chancellor, um, was an amazing human being, and I loved the opportunity to interact with him when he was a guest lecturer in the economics class. Um, I uh, the the insight that he shared was just amazing. Um, similarly, um, I had um, a Dr. Botma. Uh, for economics, I think in my second year, um, and love to to debate challenging issues with him, particularly as it pain, pertains to economic development in the third world or so on. Um, so I think those uh, few professors that I can remember f vividly and fondly uh, definitely made an impact. Um, but of course, as I said, on the cultural side, um, I, I can't um, share a story without thinking of um, Mrs. Trudy Nell, who ran the culture office um, at the university, um, and and she was was a supporter of of um, serenade groups at the university. Um, um, the the um, debating competitions that we that we had um, so she definitely cultivated and further entrenched my love for for um, the culture part of my personality and talents after I completed my degree um, I started obviously started to look for a job and um, the first um, opportunity I had outside of the university was to work for Dr. Albert Wedemann, 
who ran the Urban Foundation in the Free State at that stage. Um, and he appointed me as a part-time administrative assistant. And that was really so much fun because um, I could really easily transition into my professional career. And he gave me, again, the freedom to do so. And from there, I um, transitioned into um, the development sector. And from, from that first opportunity, continued to work for uh, non-governmental organizations where I really thought that I could make a difference. And it started um, at the University of the Free State where I joined a charity organization called We Care. Um, and it triggered how you need to to be part of the system to change the system um, and that you can't just sit outside of the system and criticize the system, but actually uh, make an active contribution towards the system. So from the um, Urban Foundation, I joined Reed Educational Trust um, in the Free State and worked from Manguhung um, Township. Um, and from there, got the opportunity to relocate to Johannesburg, continue to work for the Reed Educational Trust. Um, and from there, my, my nonprofit career grew until... Now, almost 10 years ago, I joined Greenpeace um, in South Africa uh, when they established their presence in South Africa um, and became um, the organizational director that was responsible for all the support functions, including HR. Um, and that's where my, my passion for people and issues really um, um, ignited again. Um, I had the opportunity to relocate to the Netherlands um, just almost five years ago now, um, initially to work with Greenpeace's um, first international executive directors, um, women uh, leaders, um, Jennifer Morgan and, and Bunny McDiarmid. Um, and um, just under two years ago now was appointed into the role as head of global HR where we look at how does the global network of Greenpeace organizations uh, reflect our people ambitions um, and make sure that the Greenpeace that we are internally um, is representative of the world that we are campaigning and advocating for. From a young age, um, I was taught that you know, as I said, you are part of the community and that you have to be the change um, in the community that you seek. Um, my, my interest in the nonprofit sector was driven by that, that value that my parents instilled that everything is possible, um, but that you need to play an active role to achieve that. I, of course, was very much aware of the devastation that um, deep gold mining contributed to, to in, the, in the gold fields. I could live and see that every day. Um, I could see the devastation not only on the environment, but also what it meant for, for people. And of course, the gold mining sector is a, is, is a huge contributor towards South Africa's economic growth and job creation. Um, but what I was mostly exposed to was 
was the negative devastation of of the of the mining um, sector in South Africa. Um, so when I when I had the opportunity to join an activist campaigning organisation like Greenpeace, it it was to to champion systems change, and we now know that with less than 10 years to do something about runaway climate change, we need to really change the way that we live um, and that there's um, no such thing as indefinite resources on planet Earth um, and that we should change our behavior, our setup, our economy immediately if we want to have a planet that is um, available for for the next generations um, and the generations to come. So, so therefore, I think the foundation of thinking about development economics um, was really a good one because it made me challenge um, the the um, the thinking that's going on within Greenpeace as well. Um, and of course, you know, I was like many South Africans, inspired by the late, great Nelson Mandela, who who famously said that, um, you know, nothing is impossible until it's done. Um, so it's, it's a question of political will to change our systems. It can be done. There's a lot of science behind what we do. Um, we don't sit behind desks or sail our ships and dream up a campaign. Um, there's a theory behind everything, and we cross-check the theories and make sure that it's rooted in in reality. But the point of the matter for Greenpeace is that um, human beings, the system, the politics, um, those are all interconnected, interlinked, um, and that's the systems that we need to change. Um, we we can't we can't go on living like we do because um, the planet is not going to survive. And even if the planet survives, human beings as a race is not going to survive if we don't change ourselves and our attitudes and our behaviours. I would probably be expected to say that um, as the head of HR that it's all about people, but it really is about people. Um, whatever we do, is we do for people um, with the planet um, and um, we do it with people. Um, I think the, the the approach that Greenpeace has taken in the past few years is specifically to look at what as a systemic uh, approach to our work actually means. And that shows that everything is actually dependent on each other and interconnected. And I think you know, on 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 a on a specific level or on one level, that makes perfect sense. Uh, but I've really become to to understand the intricacies of how that all works, and um, that one person can actually make a difference. But in order to change yourself, you need to to change the system, and that's why we need um, activists to stand up with us to to demand the change that we need to see across the organization. Um, and people like um, the first founders of, of Greenpeace, who were really fearless in their belief of a better world, 
um, is such an ex- inspiration. Um, Kumi Naidu, um, famous South African who was previous international executive director of Greenpeace International, um, really made the link between environmental rights and human rights um, and really brought that to the fore. And that's been continued forward now by Jennifer Morgan, um, our international executive director, who tirelessly um, advocate for the change. And, you know, so many people are, are talking about the devastation that we see around us every day. And I really admire her strength and her energy in that every single day she gets up and, and continues to, to advocate for, for change in the world. I vividly remember uh, <laughs> doing calculations probably in my first month working part-time at the Urban Foundation to see uh, what my future income um, um, will look like. Um, and um, so I think it's, it's important to remind young people that um, you advocate for change and, and young people are the change agents of our age, um, but also that they need to be patient because, you know, um, all things, all good things come to those who wait. Um, so nobody's perfect. Um, and, um, but you, you learn to look at those amazing qualities, the strengths that people, um, that people have that that you can look up to and and that you can learn from and build on. I'm a strong believer in that um, you focus on on your strengths and you continue to work on your strengths um, because I think that gives you your unique um, value proposition and your competitive advantage. Um, so focus on on who you are. Be true to yourself. Um, and um, speak up for yourself. Um, I think I was I was taught not to question authority, not to question hierarchy, um, and I think that's that's possibly part of the problems that that we sit with in this world at this point in time. And so I also admire young people, um, particularly people like. Greta Thunberg, who, who's not afraid to speak up and, and tell um, us older people that we need to do better. One of the four big banks in South Africa um, had a, an ad campaign a few years ago, which says that um, they call it Africa and we call it home. And every time um, I touch down in Johannesburg and I and I see that slogan or I'm reminded of that slogan, um, you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling um, never goes away. That's that's still home. Um, and for for any um, South African kid, regardless of where they grow up, you know, the sky is literally the limit. Um, if you if you believe in yourself and you 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 strive for the opportunities, um, then you can you can become who you are destined to be. And it doesn't mean that you are an immigrant living in the Netherlands. It might be making a difference in your own community in South Africa, because you know 
that contribution is as important as any other contribution. Education is, is critical and everybody uh, should have um, a right to a, an education. Um, I think that remains true for, for everybody wherever they are in the world. Um, so I, I truly appreciate that the university went through a change process um, with the change of, of government um, between 1990 and 1994, which is exactly the time that I was at university. Um, I remember um, being tear gassed on, 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 on the campus um, during um, a political period of um, instability. Um, and that really taught me to, to question the systems that are in place as well um, and showed me that with resolve um, and, 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 of course, different ways of, of, of achieving that change, um, change is possible and change can, can happen. Um, I think for me... Um, as I said, I, I was taught not to question hierarchy and structure. The university gave me that opportunity to, to actually do participate in those debates um, and do form my own opinion about that. And that's a, that's a lifelong journey. But it is about um, believing in yourself um, and, and question, always question what you are told um, and, and not and not follow blindly because change is, is possible. And um, we are here to make a difference and leave um, societies, our communities, um, our planet um, in good hands for the next generation. Always remember to um, remind yourself where you are from because where you are from provides you with that that firmness of roots that you need to go through life um, but it shouldn't be seen as an impediment to who you might become or who you want to become um, all of those lived experiences shape you as a human being um, i think what is important for me and and i think i've talked about that is that I've always been recognized for the person that I am, for the talents that I have, and for the value add that I can bring. Um, and for me, what I'm trying to do in my, my current job is to show people that we are people because of people um, and that you can only, you can only um, be your best because of the input and the, the insights and the learnings from from other people um, we we talk a lot in in Greenpeace about um, equity diversity and inclusion we talk a lot about justice and and safety for our people um, and I think all of that is rooted in the sense of belonging we all want to belong um, and that's what what the University of the Free State gave me it gave me a home where I could belong and it gave me strength of character to explore the world outside of 
the Free State Province to venture into Johannesburg and from Johannesburg into Amsterdam and the Netherlands. So um, explore what our differences as human beings might be, but also, and more importantly, um, how do we create that sense of belonging as global citizens? So I suppose this is at this opportunity where I now hand out all the Oscar rewards and say thank you to a lot of people. Um, but of course, you know, my, my, my dad, um, who sadly passed away a few years ago, my granddad, who was a formidable person in the community, um, are, are two great men that I, that I look up to and admired. Um, and because, of course, I became who they were. Um, so growing up in the free state, um, they, they provided the role models um, for me and to me. Um, at high school, um, my cousin was, was a constant source of, of inspiration. Um, she's, she's an amazing human being that through a lot of adversity um, became a really amazing um, woman and um, and um, a lot of of who I am today is because of her um, and grow having grown up with two sisters um, I think I really appreciated the the role of women in society um, and I I married an amazing uh, woman in Rihanna van Buren, um, who really brings out the best in me on a daily basis. Um, at the university, I spoke about a number of lecturers and friends, um, and there are many of them um, that guided me through um, the process during um, university, um, surviving initiation <laughs> at the at 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 of it. Um, Learning coping mechanisms to deal with um, the guys from from other residences, um, and then um, finally um, gained um, my my degree course and was ready to step into into the real world. Absolutely, I think that there's something unique, something amazing about every single person. Um, I strongly believe in coaching and mentoring. Um, and I use that to to try and help people to unlock their own potential. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, um, what you believe in, um, who you love, um, the color of your skin, your gender identity. Um, it really is about your heart. It's about who you are. And And if we can unlock that in every single person, um, um, the world will be a better place because people will act from a position of kindness and empathy. Um, and, and I think that's what I'm trying to, to do um, in my HR capacity. Um, I think that, that level of kindness that, that, that was bestowed on me from an early age throughout my, my schooling years and at the university um, is really what, what carried me through. Um, so that that special spark that everybody 
um, has and possesses um, is, is what keeps me going. The best place to start is with yourself, um, those, those inner thoughts, to, to really give voice to those um, and, um, and find people that you trust and that you believe in that can act as, as role models. And of course, the type of influence that you need at different parts of your life will look different. Um, so continue to learn continue to search um, and, 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 and never stop um, accepting um, the status quo. Always question whether there's a different way, a better way to do things. Um, but in doing so, doing it with kindness and with empathy and remember that, that people um, are human beings and they bring their full self to a conversation or to work or to life at university um, and remember that you rarely know all the struggles that a person is going through so in your interaction with them whether it's your 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 classmates your friends your colleagues at work um, you know remember that they are struggling with something that you're not aware of um, and, and treat kindness with kindness. I think, you know, you are who you are because of people. Um, and there are sometimes these, these individuals that are amazing at recognizing the potential that you have. Um, and I think in me, at primary school, there were a number of, of teachers that did that, um, and 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 of course, you know, my parents, my siblings, um, that always um, supported me to do that. Um, so it's 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 it is important to remember that we are we are not alone in this world, and and even if you. If you don't have the opportunities that other people have growing up, um, somehow, somewhere, there's, there's a place for all of us. Um, and, um, and I hope that, you know, that's what, what our, our governments can uh, realize. Um, you know, the, the, the global pandemic that we're all living through exposed the, the, um, the shortcomings of the systems that we that we live in, the fact that a vaccination is not available to everybody across the planet is is just the the, the saddest development of of the past um, two years. Um, so how do we how do we ensure that we live in a more equitable um, society? And what is each one of ours role? regardless of its size of complexity in achieving um, that equity that we want to see across the world. I think I'd like to pick up on something that somebody else mentioned, and that is that you always make a contribution to your community, um, whether it is a financial contribution or a uh, coaching or mentoring contribution um, and 
So I think that it's important to always consider how to give back, give of your money, give of your time. Um, and that's why I'm so privileged to be part of this um, series, um, to, to share my story, to, to show where a, a small town um, boy from the free state could end up uh, working for a global network of organizations like Greenpeace. Um, it's it's those stories that are are powerful, um, and if we can contribute towards that to share our stories um, and to make it real for people, um, I think that would be that would be really awesome. Um, and I think that's that's the unique um, position that the university's alumni program has in connecting people. Um, and making sure that that those stories are are told and heard. So I started um, to play the piano at a, at a fairly young age. I was probably age seven or eight. Um, my younger sister, um, I think, was was the first to really introduce me to the piano. Although my my elder sister also plays. Um, so I was intrigued by this magnificent instrument at home that looked like this very complex and complicated beast. And if you push a few keys around, these amazing sounds appear. Um, so it was really fun to, to, um, to learn to play the piano um, and um, always had fantastic um, piano teachers um, at school that continue to to install the love for the instrument. Um, I did at some stage try to take up um, playing the guitar or the violin at some stage I tried as well, but they always all seemed so much harder than playing the piano. Um, so I, I stuck with my first love, which is playing the piano. Culture regardless of how you um, define it, whether it's language, whether it's music, whether it's poetry, um, all bring something unique to our human experience. Um, and I think um, the, the privilege to play a piano is one where you develop creative thinking, um, but also the the pure mathematical and rational thinking as well. Because of course you you use all of those techniques and skills and talents to produce um, a, a piece of music. Um, and I think many, many people, um, as we've seen throughout centuries and years, connect through a universal language that is typically music. Um, because when when you don't speak the language, um, the language of the heart is many times music.
Voices from the Free State is produced and directed by Francois Van Skulvik and Keenan Carlzer. Post-production is provided by the UFS Alumni Office and production support by Adrian Hall. This podcast is produced for the UFS International Alumni Program. For further information regarding this series or to propose other alumni guests, please email us at alumnipodcasts at ufs.ac.za. Any views and opinions expressed in this recording are those of the individual guests and should not be attributed to the University of the Free State. Music